Hey y'all. So when it comes to bodies, weight loss is not really something that I'm pursuing right now. But as you know, one of Vanessa's family members has been taking a GLP-1 medication and it's worked really well for him. So if that is part of your journey, you should check out the Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Roe's partner handles all the insurance paperwork to help get the medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. Go to ro.co slash infamous. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash infamous. Campsite Media. So well, tell me, I mean, let's just start with how you're feeling and where you're at right now, like in terms of everything that's going on. Uh, this is a sort of a culmination of a, a lot of things. So I had spent a couple days in Guadalajara with Keith, head of Nexium. I've always had in my businesses my close friends. And there are times when that's great and times when that's difficult. And I think At I, this point, I didn't know yet about the girl he'd commanded to stay in her room for two years, or the fact that Keith was pulling all the strings in DOS, directing every detail of the branding ritual. That would only come out later. So as I packed my bags to leave, I was really thinking about his relationship with Ayn Rand. I hold that if man wants to live on Earth and to live as a human being, his highest moral purpose is the achievement of his own happiness. Each man must live as an end in himself and follow his own rational self-interest. You talk about love as if it were a business deal of some kind. Isn't the essence of love that it is above self-interest? Should husbands and wives iron tally up at the end of the day and say, well, now, wait a minute. I love her if she's done enough for me today, or she loves me if, if I have properly performed oh, my functions. Is no, that is not uh, how love should be treated. I agree with you that it should be treated like a business deal, but every business has to have its own terms and its own kind of currency. And in love, the currency is virtue. You love people, not for what you do for them or what they do for you. You love them for the values, the virtues, which they have achieved in their own character. You don't love everybody indiscriminately. You love only those who deserve it. The clip I just played seemed to describe Keith to a T. But in Nexium, who was deserving of love? Which of Keith's girlfriends were deserving? It seemed to me like the answer might be no one. I pondered this for a while. Beyond his need to be swathed in love, I felt that perhaps Keith did not love anyone. And that feeling struck me to my toe tips. So many women had devoted themselves to this person, and he was just like a black hole, empty giving nothing in return. It's quite a point in life for me. Mm-hmm. It's really, I question my values, you know, how I conduct myself, all of these things. 
From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Infamous. I'm Vanessa Gregoriadis. This is our final episode of our four-part series, Inner Circle. I went back to my family for Christmas, feeling relieved nothing too crazy had happened because I had just been in a foreign country with a cult leader on the run. But when I got back to New York, Nexium wanted to talk to me again. They had more access for me. I mean, at this point, I want to put that word access in air quotes because it was almost like they were trying to exhaust me, setting me up to just run around and around. The next thing they did is invite me to Clifton Park to observe a gathering of Nexium members. This was actually the summit that India Oxenberg mentioned a couple episodes ago. Now, normally, this would be a big to-do, but at this point, there were only like 100, 150 members left in Nexium altogether. Everyone else had gotten scared off and run into the night. So I was on my way to the summit when I stopped by Nancy Salzman's house. We sat in her kitchen again. She was just acting like everything was normal. Just normal that Keith was away in Mexico, probably hiding from the feds. I miss him. Yeah. Yeah, I miss him a lot. Like, I miss... I miss the interaction that we normally have. Mm -hmm. Nancy was still a believer. Or it seems like she was. And there was someone else in the kitchen, too. Nancy's daughter, Lauren. How old are you? 40. Oh, okay. Well, you look so young. You can just imagine how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> she had on that same sort of smock dress that Allison had been wearing. Lauren was also in DOS, so she was a master and a slave. In her lap, she held a pet, a hairless cat. She was stroking him a little. Uh, the breed is really very unusual. They're very friendly, mm-hmm. uh, very good with, with people, other and pets, children. and children, and they're very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And Actually, as I talked to Lauren, I found her to be one of the most confident women I'd met in Nexium, despite being brought into the group by her mom years earlier. I basically, I started taking the classes, and I was very arrogant in a certain way because I was like, I've been taking classes in this field since I was 11. And, right. But my life was not working, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, my relationships were dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very disorganized, and I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. And I would go and take the classes, and uh, Keith would teach them, and I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Like, I started, I didn't want to like it because I was defying my mom, you know, but I, I really liked it. Lauren liked it so much that she became a coach in Nexium, and over the years, she rose up the ranks. She made it clear to me that she thought of Nexium as a career. Um, and I have a private practice. I see clients. Um, and the private practice is doing EMs. EMs. How many clients do you normally see in, a, like, a week? Like, um, I prefer to see at least 15. Yeah. You know, if, right now, like, that's what I'm doing for my main source of income. I mean, this year has been totally different Mm because they're effectively dismantling our company. They, of course, was the media, the government, the defectors, and she was probably right about that. But she espoused the whole Keith Raniere line. 
Keith is Keith, whatever situation you put him in. He always is looking to help people. Mm-hmm. He's always looking to try to fix the problems that he sees, you know, mm-hmm. in the world, with society, in, you know, local and global. And, and everything is about ethics, humanity, interdependence, mm-hmm. you know, that type of stuff, nonviolence. Mm-hmm. Um, most of his personal relationships are, I believe, a tremendous amount of work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always trying to help people, and some of the people he was involved in were very difficult personalities that he cared for and believed he could help. Right. And um, some of the people that I've seen him involved with over the years have really thrived in the time they were with him, and when it's ended, I've seen they were not able to maintain such levels of success. So how do you see Keith having different girlfriends in the company? Is that appropriate? Is that an abuse of power? How does that actually interact with, like, the structure of the company? Uh, Well, Keith doesn't run... I mean, mm-hmm. he's not teaching the curriculums. He's not running the companies. He's and not you, can, you can come. In like the normal sense. There are different relationships that Keith has had, and not all of them are romantic or sexual or whatever, mm-hmm. but most of them are long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going on simultaneously, but they're not all what you would think, mm-hmm. I think, and definitely not what it's been made to be. Uh, this line of conversation seemed to be making Nancy nervous. It's very different. Um, How hungry are you with pizza? And I have salad. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it was time to go to the summit. There were about 100 people sitting around, just talking in a big room with chairs. They were saying things like, we have the sharpest tools for anyone who's open. In other words, it was a lot of Nexium speak. Then, Lauren Salzman and other leaders started to break attendees into groups of five and six, and they'd give them little lists of questions. And then the Nexium members would give their responses to the questions. All the questions were pretty basic, just about how they were feeling, how they were dealing with the attacks on their group. So I joined a little cluster of five or six where Alison Mack was sitting. She had a sort of beatific look on her face. It seemed like she was trying to exude calm, really trying to answer the question she'd been given. It was all about how she surmounted the challenge of Nexium coming under fire. So what specifically did I do to overcome the challenge? Um, I think the most specific, I got really specific in November. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is like really getting rough and it's clearly not just going to blow over. So I asked for help and I trusted in everything that I taught and everything that I had been taught over the last 10 years. And I just started getting EMs every day. It was like every day, every day. It was like, I reacted to this today, I reacted to this today, I reacted to this today. And I started journaling on the woman that I want to be every day. And it was like just those simple things. And like anytime I would fail emotionally, anytime I would fail to uphold my word, the thing that I did was I put an EM. And I was like, I'm going to figure out where I was limited in my emotionality, where I was confused, what my disintegrations are, so that I can get so solid in myself that no matter what happens in the world outside, I'm okay, and it's genuine okay. And when I started to do that, it became very clear what was important to me, separate from the material world. And all of a sudden, it was like, I don't care what happens. I want to be the most loving person I can be. I feel like it's different when you're a king. And it, I feel so much love 
and so much censoredness. And people are like, you okay? What's this? How's it? You know, and I'm like, honestly, like, I'm great. You know? And um, I feel so blessed to be here for that reason. So, I don't know. 2018, I'm like, it's come off with a bang. I'm not sure what that's going to hold for, for me and for us, but I feel so much more strength in my pride of myself through everything that we've been through that I, I, I know that whatever we do, it's going to be bold and it's going to be great. So, that's it. Alex Mack, More after the break. Anybody who has a sibling knows that sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope, on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince Harry and Prince William. They'd been each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wandry's podcast, Disentel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle? Or was it something that began much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wandery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've always struggled with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash infamous. That's rocketmoney.com slash infamous. rocketmoney.com slash infamous. You're listening to Infamous from Campside Media. So when we left off, I was at the summit. Everyone was hanging out. Allison was talking about getting EMs. People were bonding. And so I tried something. I tried to bond with Lauren. Or I guess you could call it reason with her. I thought she was the smartest Nexium member I had met. She had to understand what they were doing was wrong. Do you think that some of the stuff you guys are teaching in gymnastics is reinforcing those 
stereotypes about women, that they're weak and things like that? No? No, I think it, it brings to light and helps them find areas where they are, and then it also proposes solutions. Right. A lot of times women are seen as fragile and weak, and... Uh, I think they may be seen as fragile and weak. I don't think they are fragile and weak. And I think some of the stuff you guys are teaching is what people, what women are fragile and weak. Well, women can multitask, and men are more linear. You know, women are more compassionate and ecological, or more objective-based. And, like, you see evidence of these types of things, but you can also learn to be more objective-based and to get things done better. You know, like, but, but it's interesting. Do you feel that you really like that? Do you really feel that you're, like, not objective-based? You seem pretty objective-based. Warren wasn't really interested in this debate. And then I got distracted again, this time by Allison Mack. Who was starting to address the group? Okay, so what? So what charades is? She was explaining charades. Charades is a game where you act out the name of something so that your team can guess what it is that you are acting out. So, the, so you're given the title of a movie, the title of a book, the title of a song. You're given the name of something, and it's usually a short phrase. So you could say like the Rolling Stones, right? I could not believe I was watching a famous actress teach a bunch of alleged cult members, or hell, let's drop the alleged, how to play charades. What a charade this whole thing had been. I couldn't stand to be here one more moment. And I headed back to New York City in my rental car, thinking about all the people I'd met, the women who had been abused. There was a way and a system to help you the Salzman mom and daughter who seemed like potentially sort of bad news. Like all the things that you knew on some level now fit together differently and you go like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Allison Mack. Did you know? Who was either really strange or just a really good actress. A puppet. Why would they do that to you? What's really going on? But it wasn't long before I woke up to some stunning news. Ranieri was found and arrested in Mexico with a woman believed to be actress Allison Mack. So Lauren Salzman and Allison Mack had come down to Mexico for a recommitment ceremony. Reports said this would include a group blowjob for Keith. Now, it hadn't happened yet, but they were all just hanging out in a villa north of Puerto Vallarta. Allison was on a patio near the infinity pool when she heard a sound on the cobblestone driveway. Federales started storming the property, and Lauren ran into a bedroom with Keith. Lauren was so afraid they might shoot through the door. And maybe she turned to Keith, but he had disappeared in a walk-in closet, much in the way of the world's most ethical man. The Federales finally busted in. They pinned Lauren to the floor as she called out Keith's name. Later on, she would say, it never occurred to me that I would choose Keith. And Keith would choose Keith. The Federales moved Keith from Mexico to Texas to Brooklyn, finally to a courthouse for an arraignment. And then they all went down. Claire Bronfman was indicted and charged with a racketeering conspiracy. Nancy Salzman and daughter Lauren Salzman were charged with racketeering conspiracy. Now they all pled not guilty. But the Salzmans. They wouldn't stand by Keith for long. They were smart women. They weren't going to stick around and take their chances against the federal government. 
So Lauren flipped early, and she was extremely helpful. When it was all said and done, she was only sentenced to probation. Her mom, Nancy, didn't do quite as well. She was sentenced to three and a half years in prison. Claire also made a deal, but was sentenced to six years. The judge felt a woman of her immense privilege should never have gotten mixed up in something so evil. She should have known better. Then there was Allison Mack. She also took a deal eventually. Actress Allison Mack sentenced to three years in prison today for her role in the cult-like group Nexium. Now, Allison's sentence could have been much longer, but as part of working with prosecutors, she gave them a tape. She had recorded herself and Keith talking about the brand, and this tape was critical to putting Keith away. When I listened to it, I found it chilling. Keith and Allison, uh, what's the date? The 10th. No, the 9th. January 9th, 6.59 a.m., talking about branding the walk. They're taking an early morning walk. So, You can hear the birds. Uh, I think doing the actual brand in an orderly fashion, mm-hmm. each of the seven strokes, having a certain ritualization, mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe each of the strokes has uh, something that's said with them mm-hmm. and maybe repeated after the stroke is done. So like <clears throat> somebody says the thing while the stroke mm-hmm. is being done and then the person that's getting it done repeats it afterwards? Well, I don't know. Yeah, you, you guys come up with something and propose it to me. Okay. Well, Because you've done it. So what would have been most meaningful, deep, surrendering, focusing for you? I think it probably having it whispered in my ear and then me repeating it out loud. Well, ask the others. It's not all you. Uh-huh. No, I said all of you guys who've gone through it. Yes. yes. Okay. I understand that it's not just me. <laughs> this is the woman who said she was independent. This is the woman who said she was standing on her own two feet. I'm sweating now. Do you really understand that? How deeply? <clears throat> See? There you go. So it wasn't then I'm I'm sorry or oh no, it's it's not. <laughs> I thought you were asking me. <laughs> That's that'd be a great narcissist poster. I thought you were asking me. <laughs> so, no, I think you guys can come up with an outline of it. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think because my schedule's very busy. For me to actually go through it, <clears throat> it might be a little difficult. But the other thing is, do you think the person who's being branded should be completely nude and sort of held to the table like a sort of almost like a sacrifice i don't know if that that's a feeling of submission you know it also of course videoing it and videoing it uh from different angles or whatever gives collateral it probably should be a more vulnerable position type of a thing hanging on the back Legs slightly spread, legs spread straight, like being, feet being held to the side of the table, hands probably above the head being held, almost like tied down, like a sacrificial whatever. And the person should ask to be branded. Okay. Should say, please brand me, it would be an honor. 
an honor I want to wear for the rest of my life. I don't know. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I think one of the things that was so significant was uh, think of your master and your love for your master. Yeah. And feel the pain and link it to your master. Yeah, because pain is how we know how much we love. Mm-hmm. So we we know the depth of our love through pain. Right. There is no other way in the human condition. And it is the love of saints. It is the love of the purest beings that walk the earth that are able to hold love even above life itself. You know? Mm-hmm. So you guys figure it out. Okay. Listening to this tape, I was swept away by a feeling of sadness. Because remember all that talk about the brand being a KR and an AM? It had seemed to me there really wasn't an AM in there. Because the M always looked a little weird. Not quite like an M when you really stared at it. To me, it looked like there were only three letters in the brand. And they were K-A-R. Keith. Alan. Ranieri. And actually, it had come out that Keith had even called the brand something very interesting once. He called it the same thing that initials are called when they're on luggage or on a bathrobe. He called it a monogram. Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question. Who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, they never imagined somebody might actually try to snag it. But a 23-year-old did. And suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome to True Spies, the podcast that takes you deep inside the greatest secret missions of all time. Suddenly out of the dark, it's appeared Bin Laden. You'll meet the people who live life undercover. What do they know? What are their skills? And what would you do in their position? Vengeance felt good, seeing these people pay for what they'd done felt righteous true spies from spyscape studios wherever you get your podcasts this is infamous from campsite media Welcome me back here at 5.30. I'm Maurice Dubois. And I'm Jessica Moore. Prosecutors say Mac recruited women to be sex slaves for the group's leader. Maybe the truth is, Allison was a victim and a predator, and she had to pay for that. But in court, the 38-year-old tearfully apologized, saying she was, quote, filled with remorse and guilt, and that her actions were abusive, abhorrent, and illegal. She was in a cloud of delusion. Now, Keith, he went on trial by himself, all alone. 
and he was found guilty on all counts. Racketeering. Racketeering conspiracy, sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy and wire fraud, extortion and identity theft, and production and possession of child pornography. Just so much stuff. A string of federal crimes, including sex trafficking of children and conspiracy. He was sentenced to 120 years in prison. In his statement to the court, he said he did not accept the charges, but he could see that there was a lot of pain among the victims. He did not mention if he felt that pain was justified. Now, at his sentencing, the victims stood up one by one in court to talk about Keith. There was the sister of the woman in Mexico and the woman who had been put in the closet. She was named Camilla, and she said Keith started having sex with her when she was 15 years old, alleged statutory rape. There were other victims who said he promised to have babies with them. But when they got pregnant, he would encourage them to have abortions. Information also came out about a woman who had ordered something online for penances for slaves to use. It was a remote shock puppy trainer. There was a hanging cage, an ankle shackle, heavy steel suspension bar. Physical torture seemed like it was in the offing. In court, there was also a woman who said that Keith told her she could not cut her hair for years on end as a penance. She made this statement to the court. You are and forever will be remembered as the most dangerous predator of all. May you live long enough in prison to know the hell that you put me and others through. In Nexium. The lines between abuser and abused were blurred. Keith turned everything he touched into a pyramid scheme, from his first business, the real pyramid scheme, and then Nexium as a whole with its pyramidic structure. Plus DOS, the secret society of all the slaves who were masters of other slaves. What he essentially did, what the real moral hazard here was, was more than just a brand. It was forcing everyone in DOS to abuse the women below them. In the end, he made sure that nearly everyone was a victim, but hardly anybody was innocent. Women with power, like Alison Mack, can be both victims and perpetrators at the same time. And at least in this case, it seems like power corrupts all. Today, Keith Ranieri sits in prison in Tucson, Arizona. He's still able to pay lawyers, though. And that may be because of Claire Bronfman, who, from her own jail cell, may still support him. I think the tools are important. I think what we can do, what Keith can do in the world is important. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have children. Um, so I don't, I'm not leaving my legacy to my kids. I want to be able to support and I believe in this in this technology. I believe in what it can do in terms of changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. If you want me to tell you the truth, this story really messed me up. Having all these people tell a story that wasn't true to my face, it made it so hard for me for so long to trust. But I also learned one thing from this. It's that anyone who promises that he has a way to solve all the world's problems is probably 
full of shit. Do you know what I'm going to say right now? No. You're insecure about that. Yeah. Is that scary for you? No. Why not? Because I trust that what you're going to say is going to be good. And, and in the end, you're going to be okay. Be <laughs> Infamous is a production of Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment. It's created, executive produced, and hosted by Gabriel Sherman and me, Vanessa Gregoriadis. I wrote this episode with Shoshi Shmulovitz, our managing producer and editor. Some of this reporting appeared in the New York Times Magazine in 2018. The executive producers at Campside are Josh Dean, Adam Hoff, and Matt Scher. Rajiv Gola is our senior producer. Our associate producers are Lily Smith, Grace Heerman, and Garrett Graham. This episode was edited by Natalie Robomed, sound designed by Alistair Sherman, fact-checked by Sarah Krolevsky, and recorded by Ewen Leitremuen. Our mix engineer is David Devereaux. Thank you to PJ Vote, and thank you to Campside's operations team, Doug Slaywin, Aaliyah Papes, and Destiny Dingle.